You're listening to Moments from the Mount, a podcast from Mount Calvary Lutheran Church and Pastor Benjamin Schaefer. This is a sermon that was recently preached in our congregation. You can learn more at mtcalvaryreading.org or watch a sermon there. Thanks for listening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Word of God that we'll meditate on today is from Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. There Luke writes, Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for that person if a millstone would be hung around his neck and he would be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. Watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord said, If you had faith like a mustard seed, you could tell this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Which one of you who has a servant plowing or taking care of sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, Come at once and recline at the table? Won't the master tell him instead? Prepare my supper, and after you are properly dressed, serve me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. He does not thank the servant, because he did what he was commanded to do, does he? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what we were supposed to do. This is the word of the Lord. Typically, young parents really get excited when their child learns a new phrase. Honey, little Bobby just said bye-bye. Mom, mom, you'll never guess what your granddaughter just did. She counted to five. Or, Ezra, tell your uncle what the cow says. How we often cheer and cherish such moments. And my wife and I, we're no different. I mean, we've clapped and clamored for the video camera. You know, we need to document these momentous occasions. They show that the little one is growing. The moments are endearing. They are cute. But not always. One phrase that I remember hearing as a young dad not too long ago was a phrase that made me freeze for a moment. It didn't sound so cute and cuddly, and I had to wonder where it came from. I was talking with one of my five daughters, this one just barely out of diapers and recently speaking in sentences. I told her it was time to clean up her toys, and she looked at me, folded her arms, and said, Do I have to? Do I have to? That's an interesting question coming from a toddler who is just learning there there are some things in life you have to do. 
whether you like it or not. Do I have to? It's also an interesting question coming from full-grown adult Christians who are struggling with the Lord's commands and what they are supposed to do as God's children. Now, the section of Scripture that we're considering today from Luke chapter 17 has a title in the NIV Bible, put there by the editors. The title for this section is Sin, Faith, Duty. Now, with a heading like that, I always just assumed that the subject of this section was Random Stuff Jesus Said. (laughs) But thinking like that, we'd miss the beauty of what ties this all together. See, Jesus was speaking here not to the crowds, not to the Pharisees, but to his disciples, to you and me. And he addressed the Christian individually and the Christian as part of a community of believers. And spoiler alert, there are some have-tos in a Christian community. Not things we must do to be saved, but things we do because we are saved. Today we see the gift of amazing faith at work. Jesus talked about the difficult tasks of a Christian's daily life and and the amazing faith that God gives that carries out these tasks humbly, leaning on his strength and his power, a faith that that looks to Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That's what is able to do amazing things. And today Jesus helps us see that, that duty, what we're supposed to do, duty is not a dirty word. Now Jesus started this section by reminding his disciples, that we are not alone. There are other people to whom we are connected, and this is the Christian community. And it is filled with little ones, Jesus said. And we might automatically think of little children, and and Jesus certainly has that in mind, but he doesn't limit it to that as he's talking here. You know, he warns his disciples, and he warns them to be aware of those who who are little ones, those who are young in the faith, those who have a a limited or lesser knowledge of Christianity than they might have. You know, there are those who, who have been Christians their whole lives who probably, hopefully, have a better grasp on certain things than the, the, the person who just started believing in Jesus Christ, the person who just started going to church regularly. You know, the newbies and the old timers The young and the old were all part of the same Christian community. And Jesus tells us to watch out. Watch out because temptations to sin are sure to come. Temptations to sin. Things that are going to trip us up spiritually. They are bound to come. You can't escape them. And you can't escape the sinful nature that dwells inside of you. It really reminds me of one of Martin Luther's uh, famous quotes. Luther said that, that you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Temptations to sin 
will come and sin will come along with it. Don't think you can achieve perfection this side of heaven, but watch yourselves. Watch out, Jesus said. Watch out that sin doesn't build a nest in your hair or your heart. And watch out especially to make sure that you are not the cause of bringing these temptations to others within your community. Woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for that person, Jesus said, if a millstone would be hung around his neck and he would be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. Sin is horrific and toxic to our relationship with God, but leading another person to sin spreads the poison. It spreads and pollutes not just your soul, but other souls. Like the outbreak of a deadly disease, sin wants to spread. And the devil wants you and me spreading it. And he will do everything in his power to get us to do that. And so Jesus warns us, says, watch out. Woe to the person who spreads sin and causes another person to fall into sin. And so how are we going to watch ourselves? How are we going to watch out for other people? Well, that's where Jesus said next. He said, if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to you and says, I repent, forgive him. Again, Jesus makes it clear that you and I live within a community of disciples. And within this community, this Christian community, there will be sin. Surprise, surprise. And when someone sins, rebuke him or her. Call them out. Don't ignore it or sweep it under the rug. And we don't do this thinking that we are perfect or without sin, but we do it because we, in fact, love the other person so much that we want to call them to account and to warn them too. And if they repent, forgive them. Assure them that Jesus has died to take away their sin and that their guilt has been washed away by Jesus' blood. And if they sin against you, even if they do it seven times in a day, and even if they come back seven times and say, I repent, I'm sorry, Jesus says, forgive them. Forgive them. The words are simple enough. It's the doing of it that's so difficult. This is tough love. And so you can understand why the apostles hear this from Jesus and they cry out. They say, do I have to, Lord? (laughs) Do I have to put my spouse and her needs before my own? Do I have to be nice to that guy that I, I really don't like in the first place? Do I have to work hard at everything in my job, even when nobody notices? Do I have to take time to listen to this lady who always finds a reason to complain? Do I have to rebuke my Christian friend who's living with her boyfriend? Do I have to? Do I have to forgive my Christian brother, even when he sins against me over and over and he keeps doing the same thing, do I have to forgive him, Lord? Now, we might not always say it, 
but we certainly feel it. We want to push back on what Jesus is saying here, especially when we are the person wronged or abused, especially when we see sin in our lives. Do I have to do that, Lord? Because we know better. We've got the answers. We've been through this before. We know that saying something to somebody isn't going to make any difference. They're not going to change their mind. They're not going to fix what they're doing. Just ignore it. Just move on. Just forget about it. In the end, we're all sinners, right? I mean, what's the big deal, we think? But Jesus says, woe to you who live for yourselves. Woe. Woe to you. Watch out. And the disciples were feeling this, this tension to this, do I have to? And this, and yet recognizing that this is Jesus' word, that he's not, he's not giving us an out here. He's not saying, well, you can do it most of the time. And you can, if it happens, you know, then just do your best, guys. No, he says, this is what you must do. This is what you have to do. And that's why the disciples cry out, Lord, increase our faith. They thought that to do these sorts of things, you need some sort of great, huge amount of faith, a mighty mountain of trust in Jesus. Increase our faith was the disciples' way of saying to the Lord, we can't do this. You need to be some sort of super Christian to do this sort of thing. But Jesus said, no. You don't need to be a super Christian. You don't need to go through four years of seminary training or be a called worker or a pastor or or a lifelong Christian whose family all supports everything you do anyway. No, you don't need any of that. Even a tiny amount of faith does amazing things. Jesus said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, the smallest seed you could imagine, you could tell this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. This is amazing faith at work. Jesus is saying that faith, even a little faith, is an amazing gift from God, the Holy Spirit. And this amazing faith, no matter how big or small you think it is, your know, faith works. Faith does things you would never expect. Faith is not focused on itself, but on the one who makes the promises and the one who truly has the power. Faith looks to Christ. And that's what makes it amazing. Faith keeps its focus on Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one who never said to the Father, Do I have to? He never said to God, do I have to go down to earth and take on human flesh? Do I have to go to earth and live with no place to lay my head? Do I have to go down to earth and face these people who are going to reject me, the majority of whom aren't going to care about me at all? Do I have to, Lord? Do I have to suffer and die for them? Do I have to? And even when Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking his heavenly father to take the cup of suffering away from him because it is a it is a pain-filled cup even then Jesus said not my will not what i want but your will be done o father 
For Jesus, there was never a single, do I have to, spoken in disgust or desperation. There was only love for me. He suffered for our sins. He suffered for your sins, and he loves you too. And he suffered for our failures, for all the things we were supposed to do, but didn't do. (laughs) He came. And he alone did all things perfectly. He and he alone paid the price to save us from our sins and our compulsion to complain. He and he alone has made us souls who are now ready to serve God with joyful hearts. Jesus didn't say, do I have to? He said, it is finished. And so Jesus closed this section by saying, sometimes there are things you have to do as a Christian, especially in a Christian community. Consider the servant in this parable. He said, if you've got a servant who's out in the fields, he's working hard, and that servant comes in from the field, the master doesn't say to him, oh, take it easy, relax, you've had a long, hard day. No, the master says to him, now it's time for me to have my food. You make my food, and then you can rest and relax. And Jesus said, so when you have done all that you were commanded, Say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what we are supposed to do. Now, there's a lot about the Christian life that is not cute and cuddly. There are things that are necessary for us to do, not to earn our place in heaven, but because we are part of God's family and his kingdom And he has commanded us to do these things. Yes, we have to because we have been saved. We have to because we can't help thanking God for all that we have received. We cry out as God's children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And now I want to. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.